Hello, Jess. How are you? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a start. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. How is everyone? Please say hello in the chat. Uh, let us know where you're joining from today um, and uh, how everyone is. We'll get to a green, yellow, red in a second. But uh, from a community standpoint, I always love when people can uh, drop in their LinkedIn address into the, uh, into the chat. I will type mine in really, really quickly. Let us know what city, state you're joining from. And oh, Elizabeth's here. And uh, and uh, let us know what the temperature is. And the temperature. So I think everyone's hot. Uh, <laughs> I <should look. laughs> well, I think that I think. Let's see. What is it here in Minneapolis, Jess? The temperature right now is eighty-four. That's not bad. Eighty-four. I bet I can beat you. Yeah, I bet you can too. I am not in Minneapolis. There is a heat advisory. <laughs> Ooh. Where- <laughs> 91 in yeah. New York. In New York, I'm on vacation with the fam. Hey, nice looking room there. I think you need a cooling station. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> okay, you guys, inside joke. I went for a run this morning. Yes, Leah, I did. I chatted with Leah this morning and then I said, okay, I got to do this now or it's only going to get hotter. I went out and ran in 85 degrees and 85% humidity. Uh, which has been the case all week. We were out in the Hamptons, the Hamptons, I know, earlier this week, and it was so soupy. It's been like crazy hot and soupy every day, and I've been running every single day. I think I deserve like extra medals just for running in. Yeah, good job. You look very very alive, vibrant, like you've been running every day. Uh, Vacation does that to you. I I didn't even bring my laptop, Jason. I mean, I'm on a laptop now, but I didn't bring my work laptop to do anything this week. Yeah. Ah, Megan is back with us. I have been in Minneapolis all week, which is great. Um, Looking for you everywhere. Like, look around. (laughs) Where's Jess? Where's Jess? Nowhere to be found. what did I do? I think I teamed you on Wednesday, and I'm like, "Where are you?" By the way, you literally texted me and said, "I don't know where you are. I don't know when you're coming back. I don't know what's going on." Yeah, exactly. I was a little bit lost, but um, anyway, it's been a great, great week. Um, we always like to start these meetups with, first of all, thank you for being here. It means a lot. Um, really, really excited to have you here. Um, meetup number 165. Um, so 165 weeks or so we've been doing this every single week. So um, once again, thank you for being here. We always like to start with probably the most important question one could ask in life, which is how are you? Um, three easy answers, green, yellow, or red. Green, you feel great today. Yellow, so-so, red, not good. And um, really, really love um, the community to kind of open their hearts and say how you are. And this is healthy for lots of reasons. What A, it's healthy to get off your chest, but B, it's also healthy to find others who may be hurting or may not be having the best week or may not be feeling the best that you can uh, that you can that you can reach out to. So, Steve's yellow to green. Madan's green. Chell is green. Uh, greenish yellow. Been a little under the weather. Sorry to hear that. Um, Megan, first time here. Glad you're here, Megan. Andrea's green. Um, I can't tell if Megan's red or if it's just her first time here that she's red. I hope she's not red. Megan, even if it is your first time here and you're red, 
our goal is always to make you a little move you a little up the chain um you yeah. know while you're here as well oh first time first meaning, oh first time red that's what i thought okay oh that's Megan, a bummer once again i'm gonna put my number i always do that jess laughs at me there's my cell phone number uh if you need to talk text me please um I always do this too and say I'm a terrible texter, but I'll text you back, Megan. <laughs> yeah. Anyone needs anyone needs to talk, please feel uh, please feel free. Um, and once again, everyone, if you haven't put your LinkedIn in, please do, um, just so people can connect. And uh, if you don't want to have the conversations here about how you are, um, you can do it offline. Uh, we have an exciting show today. Um, we have a great guest. We're going to talk um, all about um, artificial intelligence. And then we're going to talk a little about um, some work that we've been doing this week on artificial intelligence as well. Um, but I, we always start with Jess and I having an opportunity to share one thing. Um, Pete's here. Awesome, Pete. Um, we always take this opportunity to share one thing about um, our week that's been special, um, hard, uh, something on our minds. Uh, we started with Sinead O'Connor. Um, you know, it's very sad to have Senator O'Connor's death this week at a young age of 56. Um, so that's been a hard thing. And I, I know, Jess, you, did, you, did, wrote a, you wrote a great LinkedIn piece about that. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't follow Jess on LinkedIn, you should check that out because I know you're on vacation, but you still uh, crafted a piece beautifully on tonight, which made me question in my head, like, the impact and kind of how you got introduced to Sinead O'Connor, because I don't know the story and mm. why, why that person had such an impact on your life. You know, it's number one, if you, if you're 45 ish like me, I mean, I can't imagine you didn't grow up listening to somebody like Sinead, somebody like Sinead, we all have those artists in our formative years and our coming of age years that felt bold you know, who had sort of that voice and it, like, forget the, vo the voice, the singing voice, but had a presence and had something to say and who happened to use art as a medium. There's lots of artists who, who say a lot of important things and thank God for that. Uh, yeah, Jess, she, she is badass. Um, and she, you know, not only did she have an incredible singing voice, but she had a presence and a voice and, and messages to share with the world that um, that the world probably wasn't ready for. And some people would say she lost her career over her uh, messages. I would say she made a very intentional decision that one thing was more important than the other. Uh, and I think her presence was felt throughout her life. Um, she leaves a legacy behind. It's unfortunate we have to lose people to really respect and appreciate who they were while they were alive. I think that's probably going to be the case with Sinead, but she was incredibly impactful on me as were many female artists growing up. Um, I was sitting outside, we had an Airbnb uh, on, our on the first part of our vacation this week and the girls were in the hot tub and I was sitting in a lawn chair nearby and I like literally gasped and lost my breath. Um, when I saw it, that's the kind of impact. We all have people like that, you know, in our lives. And so, um, yeah, it was impactful. Sorry to, sorry to have lost her. I like what uh, Steve said. Turns out her point of view on the church was present. Um, yeah. 
I mean, really remember like Saturday Night Live thing, right? Where she ripped up the picture in front of the camera. She didn't do that during dress rehearsal. Uh, she saved it, uh, knowing it probably wouldn't go over all that well. And it was years later, almost a decade later, that the church came out and um, owned, you know, mistakes and cover-ups. And, and nobody ever, you know, goes back to the original voice or artist or whistleblower to say, gee, thanks for uh, bringing this to light. But she did. She truly did. Anyway. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your week? It's been an amazing vacation. Uh, we are in New York. We're sort of repeating a vacation we took last year. Uh, went to the same Airbnb out in the Hamptons that we did um, last summer. We loved it so much because it's uh, just beach time, water time, water sports, like we're good beach bums. <laughs> so uh, we repeated that part of the vacation and we're wrapping it up with a few days in the city in New York, um, just doing the regular touristy sightseeing thing. Uh, so it's been a really good week, uh, hey, almost completely offline. Hey, can I ask you a really funny question? Yeah. Have you smelled <laughs> the smell of marijuana when you've been walking on the streets of New York? No, I haven't yet, but we just got here yesterday afternoon. Uh, even on my run this morning, I ran the Hudson River and Chelsea and uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, every time I'm there lately, it is like, I, I mean, I don't know what it really feels like to get high. Wow, I just made a really interesting uh, statement online in front of lots of people, but that since I don't really know what it feels like to get high, but it, it's smells um, <laughs> no, and does. i know what the smell is um and it's been fascinating here in minnesota there's a lot of talk about the new law going into effect august 1st and if all of a sudden all of our <laughs> if all of a sudden all of our uh, someone just sent me a uh, microsoft teams chat uh reminding me of something that happened in amsterdam uh that i won't uh, repeat but uh thank you for I that think just Confessed or something. <laughs> no, that was a whole different. That was the first time in my life that I ever actually tried something that was a little bit uh, <laughs> an edible. It had zero effect on me. It had zero effect on me. So, like, I, I but I never smoked anything. I guess. Is <laughs> so um, anyway, it no, it didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't going to ask you if it smelled like the Canada Fire. It smells like something else. But anyway, I need to get off this topic. Yeah. Um, sorry. So I'm glad you haven't smelled any of that. Um, you know, this week for me has been really, really fulfilling. Um, I, you know, a lot of the work that I've been doing in the last uh, week or... <laughs> okay, I, I need no advice, everyone, on marijuana. Other, the, between the teams coming in, the texts coming in and what's in the chat. I, I'm not looking for advice. Um, just for the, we don't, you can all end that now. But the, um, it's been a really fulfilling week because I've been doing a lot of education this week. Um, and I, I, it reminds me of kind of the stuff I love doing, which is teaching. So um, uh, it's been, every time you get a chance to teach someone and watch their eyes, it's one of the, just like when you and I teach uh, at the University of Minnesota once a year, you know, when we yeah. have to go down there and you get to watch someone's eyes light up. There's, I don't think there's anything more rewarding than opening someone's eyes to something. And a lot of the work I've been doing teaching on generative AI this week has been, have opened people's eyes to things that 
mm. they haven't seen before, haven't even imagined before. Um, and that's really, really rewarding when you can um, build someone and build a capability within someone that they can then use and share that. So it's been it's been a great week for me in that regard. And we're going to talk a little more about that later on. We have a really special guest later on um, that uh, that in, in that will that will bring on. Oh, John said it was a wonderful session. John, I've done like fifteen of those this week. Um, so um, not the same session, but um, yeah. so it's been. Yes, the demo this week was you saw was super cool. Anyway, it's just been a fun, fun week in in teaching. So that's always rewarding to me. And when I get an opportunity to do it, uh, really, really like it. I love it. I can't wait to go back and watch it. I really can't. Um, you know what I'm going to try to do? Speaking of teach, I'm going to try to play a video and introduce our guest. I love it. Okay? I'm really trying to get into like this high tech world of production. We're a lot smoother this week, aren't we, everybody? Well, so far, but let's just so see if it works. Let's not. Let's not. Hey, Jess, I didn't. I didn't do that bad of a job. Hi, Sam. That is so. Hey, <laughs> what's up, Jason? Jess. How are you, Sam? Fantastic, fantastic. Now, uh, what I, I I hate to say this, Sam, but just looking at you, you have a cooler shirt than me. You have a cooler haircut than me. You have a cooler <laughs> facial hair than me. You have cooler AirPods than me. You've got <laughs> whiter teeth than me. All of that stuff. Uh, but so I have to say, like, what's that song? Like, what's that music? And why did you choose that music? So Ben McLemore, like, I don't know, I've, I like really started leaning into his stuff like the past two years and everything he like releases. And that's a part of his latest album that I've just been binging like the past six months. Um, and it's like, it's kind of our office song right now. Um, yeah. we're a team of like 10 where me, this is in our conference room right now. And this is like our Monday morning. It's going to be a great day song. So okay. I love that. Oh very my good. god! Very, no very bad days. Good. Jason, we, we this is our song when I get back into the office. Okay. Okay, got it, dude. I'm immediately adding it to my running list. <laughs> got it, dude. Dude. Uh, yeah. So, Sam, tell us about you. Where are you? I assume that's a real background. You're even in a cooler office than me. Everything about <laughs> you is cooler. So, uh, tell us about you, dude. So, um, yeah, this is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, this is the Boost Point. Oh, hold on, hold on, What's up? What's up? Everything's been cooler about you except the fact that you're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> what do kidding. you have against Lancaster, Jason? Come on. <laughs> Jason, you can't say that unless you've been. Okay. Oh, you know, so Something super, that, that, like a unique fact about me that probably not too, too many people know about me. So Lancaster is really known for the Amish community. Like historically, you've got like a huge Amish community. We're downtown Lancaster City, Boost Point is. And like that's been a growing community the past 10 years. Like downtown Lancaster, a lot's been invested into downtown Lancaster. A lot of restaurants, like cool places. Tech is starting to like gain a little bit of a footing. Um, but like the Amish part of Lancaster, like I have like Amish roots. So like a name like Byler, Byler is my last name. Um, so like my grandparents, like they're still Amish. I have a lot of Amish cousins. Um, so it's a little weird dichotomy. It's like I run a tech company, but not too far removed from like the Amish community where like they still don't have electricity, computers, like no go. So ride horse and buggies for transportation, but random fact. I was just yeah, about so, to say, just before anyone tweets or X's, 
Oh, that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> Just That's before a new anyone X's about the fact that I'm ripping on the Amish, my statement had nothing to do with the Amish. <laughs> Whedon against the Amish, Jason. Wow. You're lining them up today. <laughs> Not just a tech company, a social media company. Do, do your Amish connections understand what you do? Like, not so, really. Where is this media? It's like I do something on the internet. It's basically usually how I yeah. how I simplify it. <laughs> That's how, when I, when my grandmother was alive and she asked what I did. I said I do <clears> things <throat> with computers, and she said, "Oh, yep. okay." <laughs> Yeah, and then the day after, they call you and say, hey, can you install America Online for me? <laughs> so tell us a little bit more of your story, Sam. Who are you? What is Boost Point? What, why this crazy industry? Give us a little of that. Yeah, so I have a sales and marketing background. Um, personally, kind of grew up, I'll do the fast version of that story, kind of grew up in a family business, um, really got my wheels in business, specifically in marketing. I found like, hey, that's my passion. Like, that's what I'm really tactically good at. Um, and like, that's what I get excited about. Um, and then so I launched a Boost Point um, four years ago with my business partner, Jared Neff. Um, he's our CTO and he runs the technology side of things. What Boost Point is, we are a targeted um, social media advertising company. Um, and specifically two years ago, we really focused on recruitment marketing specifically. Um, so we're, we're the best in the business when it comes to targeted social ads like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads for recruitment marketing, um, filling your applicant pipeline um, through those channels. Um, so that's like what our platform does um, over the recent about eight months, we've really been leaning into um, generative AI, specifically to recruitment marketing. Like our lens of AI is specifically through recruitment marketing, like anywhere where you need to use words um, for, you know, advertising your employer brand, your open positions. We feel like generative AI can have a huge role in that space specifically. We just launched an alpha tool for this about a month ago. Um, that helps you like create things like job ads, like uh, job descriptions, Facebook posts, um, emails, you know, all around recruitment marketing. Because what we found about six months ago, we really started paying attention to this, like for our like social media ad writing, because that was the thing that it just took so much time to do. And like, no one really wanted to do it. Like we like to focus more on strategy and things like that. And we we're like, and so Fast forwarding a couple months after that, like AI writes about 90%, 95% of like all of our ad copy right now. And we've trained AI models to do that. And we're just kind of bringing that into other, other veins in the recruitment marketing space. So that's why I thought you were like <clears throat> perfect guest this week. It was kind of an AI week for us. We did this massive webinar around HR use cases for yep. generative. AI. And there are some really low hanging use case fruits to be um, to be realized for businesses who are just looking to create efficiency around stuff they're probably doing anyway, or they can elevate something they haven't been doing previously, like really refined, highly personalized, targeted campaign approaches. As usual, I say this all the time, sales and marketing is ahead of the innovation game with this stuff. And we, we tend to adopt a lot of the things that we do in marketing anyway, when we figure out that marketing 
product to consumers is the same as marketing jobs as products. Hundred percent. Yeah. Consumers, like, oh my gosh, it takes us so long to figure <clears throat> these things out. So this is a funny business. Social media changes literally daily. AI stuff is evolving at this point daily. Like all of this stuff is changing so fast. How do people keep up with the innovation and the trends? Just as soon as you figure out a good strategy and you execute, you kind of have to keep refining, right? Like, do you have recommendations for, for people kind of keeping up to speed on this stuff? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to having the right partner. Um, like even the only way I can keep up with, you know, all the latest trends and things like that is having a team around me, um, that, that helps us do that. Um, and we've decided to like very specialize in, you know, social media and, and AI. So we've like really become experts specifically in that space. Um, and that's one of the things I usually recommend to people is like, Hey, like if you, if you want to really keep up, you know, with the trends is like find a good partner that like they're experts in that. Um, unless you really want to do a deep dive in that yourself, because it does take time. Like it's either find a partner that really knows what they're doing or be willing to invest the time, um, and the research into it yourself. But like, e even things like, like uh, Jason, that was such a great webinar. I, I tuned in on that, um, earlier this week too, like educational content like that. That's an example of like investing time into educating yourself about some of this stuff as well. So guys, really, really, I've got, I've got some breaking, breaking news. Uh-oh. Ready? What do we got? Okay, watch this, Jess. <laughs> oh, no. Watch this. Can you see that? It's coming up. Okay. There we go. Look at that. Hey, that looks, that looks familiar. <laughs> Look at that. I just asked this thing to write me a, a job description on Facebook, a post, a social post mm -hmm. of being a host of a video show that has no idea what wacky weed is. <laughs> and, and look what it did. It said, ever dreamed of being the life of a party? Want to connect with a group of misfits who don't take life too seriously? Look no further. And Mercer, we're searching for a socially awkward expert with zero experience in wacky weed for an awesome video show. We promise to bring you, bring out the weird in you and let you shine like the star you are. <laughs> so I just have to say, it's like amazing. Yeah, I, lo I love the specific uh, use case there, Jason. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I, I did that while you were just explaining who you were. Yep. That's how fast this stuff is. So if you guys... Click on that green thing there, that green call to action. You can play with it. Like Mark just said, that is awesome. Like people yeah. are saying, how can I experiment with this? There's a perfect way yeah. to experiment with yeah. AI. Yeah, so that's the tool a month ago we released it. It's in the alpha stage right now. But what we saw is, you know, a lot of the general like AI tools, they get you maybe 50% of the way there. Um, and it's just like, not quite enough, like ChatGPT. That's a great example of a tool that's like, it'll do fairly well to like get you 50% of the way there, but then you need to invest so much time into getting it like across the finish line. Um, and that was the problem we had with a lot of like general AI tools. And we were like, Hey, let's build a specific 
tool for recruitment marketing where, hey, because there's, there's, it's very specific, like the type of framework, like there you built a social media ad. That's going to be totally different framework and learning model than like building a job description or a LinkedIn post um, or an Indeed uh, ad. Um, and so we were like, hey, let's build a very simple UI where all of that engine, the model, all the training is done in the back end. Um, but, you know, within a couple of minutes, you can create all these things. <clears throat> okay, Mark has good questions. Mark, the marketer, has great questions. First, he wants to know what's going on with X. Let's come back to Twitter in a second. <laughs> so this is a good question. How do two companies, I'm going to broaden your question just a bit, Mark, because I was about to ask a related one. How do you ensure your brand is your brand is your brand is your brand? That is the holy grail for every company. And Mark goes down one of those rabbit holes, which is how do we stand unique? Make sure two companies don't have the same ad. That That is a great question. That's the biggest problem that like, so we work with a lot of like mid-market enterprise companies. So like with some really big brands, we have our, 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 our part of our, our test um, user group for this tool specifically. We're taking it to the, the beta stage in about a month. Um, and that's big, the biggest concern is like, well, how do we make sure like our stuff is our stuff, that it sounds mm -hmm. like us? So that's a that's our big project right now that we're adding to this tool is where you can create brand profiles. Because if you train language models to speak like your brand, they can actually do that really well, but you do need to train it to do that. Um, otherwise, you will get fairly generic things, um, but that's all in the training process of the language models um, is how you can get something. And I, we've done, we're, we're in the middle of testing a lot of this. I will say once you train it properly, it, it's incredible what it can produce. It's incredible what it can produce. Um, like I'm thinking of some specific brands like that, that, that we've worked with that we're like working to build this on. Like they'll, they'll use like different puns in certain sentences, you know, fairly often. And again, yeah. you can kind of add these layers of, training to like hey speak like this mm -hmm. and that's how to me that's really getting it from the you know 50 60 yard line to the goal post is when you can get it to speak like your brand and represent yeah. your brand well, just just really quickly like this thing's amazing look i also just put in the chat it created two interview questions for me how would you handle an unexpected wardrobe malfunction during a live show? Like, I've got this every week with Jess. <laughs> so, like, so far I'm doing good. Tell us about a time you'd, how you'd handle a technical glitch. I have this every week also. So, like, I'm really, like, I think I'm qualified for this job. <laughs> Seriously, play with this tool, you guys. Like, I'm just playing with it as you guys are talking. Um, these interview questions are amazing. That's what people, and I'm sure you, again, I can't wait to go back and watch the replay. I know that you and Jim talked about that, Jason. Artificial intelligence is human assistance. When it's deployed correctly, when it's trained on good language frameworks and models correctly, and some of those frameworks are your own, your own brand framework, your own employee policies, all of, like, these are the things that you can use as tools to feed into a machine that's designed to assist humans. It's it's so fascinating. I love that Paul, Paul, if I actually could figure out how to bring Paul on, I would right now, because of all people, he's probably gonna talk about you on, uh, on TV. 
since he does yeah. a TV show. Um, but this might be the first AI tool in our space that has not left me sarcastic in thinking it is a pile of something. <laughs> Woo, that is high praise. High praise Appreciate that, Paul. That is high, high well, praise. That's, that's what we saw. The gap that I saw in AI tools right now is like they're, they're too generic and then too complex as well, like to, to set up. Um, so you need the reality is like you need the complexity for it to, to, to actually be accurate. Um, but it needs to be done in a way where it's just super easy to use. Um, and so that's what we're excited about, you know, filling that gap with a tool like this. The last thing that I want to just show really quickly from the tool is that it actually even creates email follow-ups. So if you can see, there's an email follow-up. Hey, Jason, we just received your application for the host of video show position at Mercer. We couldn't help but chuckle. Your quirkiness and sense of humor caught our attention. We'd love to schedule a call to chat more about the role and get to know you. That's amazing. So when people ask, Sam, always people say, is this going to replace jobs? You know, one of the key things, and you'll see this in a video I'm going to play. And Sam, if you were on that webinar, you saw the video. There's a part of the video that I made for that webinar that was all about amplification. Right. How do we amplify the human? not get rid of the human. And I think that these tools that examples right here are really, really important when we think about it's amplifying us as people, it's not replacing us. And I, I, did a, I recorded a podcast earlier today where I talked about this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and what you're seeing so far. I mean, I completely, it, can yeah. it can even amplify someone in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I completely align with you there, Jason, because like even with, like in talking with people actually in the field, like I haven't talked with one person that loves to just write job descriptions mm. or loves to write LinkedIn or Indeed ads or email follow. Like I haven't met anyone that just loves to just sit there on a keyboard at a blank Google Doc and just write these things. Um, so to your point, it's more about amplifying what we're doing, making us more efficient Making us do like what what I really love doing, and this is what I hear a lot in the TA and HR spaces. We love to commute, like have relationships and have conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, not stare at a blank piece of paper like writing job descriptions all after. Um, so I completely agree. It's it's more about like amplifying what we do in our roles. Roles are going to evolve, of course. Like of course. so, I, I do think jobs will change. Um, you know, but with, with I mean, with every type of technology and every decade, there's something that makes our jobs evolve. Um, and this to me is just, again, because it just removes a lot of the things that I think people are really, really bored and, and you know, a lot of the boring work. Yeah. Okay. A couple of great questions. Sharon, how do we increase the curiosity and skills of employees to use new, how do we turn everybody into a curious Jason? <laughs> Are we naturally curious or do we have to encourage curiosity? That's a great question, Sharon. Sam, do yeah, you have sure, to... that, that... Sam, if you don't mind, let me just go first. Go for it. can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just stepped on my guest. Sam, you go first. <laughs> no, Jason, I'm going to let you go first. I'm, okay. I'm still creating my response. There you okay. go. So, <laughs> I so, Sharon, to me, the thing, it, first, there's three things you have to do you know, when we think about how do we increase curiosity. First of all, start by helping people realize that this they shouldn't be scared of this. 
Okay, they shouldn't be scared. And what that takes experimentation. Okay, so do lunch and learns, do workshops. Sharon, I am right down the street from you, and I'm happy to come over anytime and do it. I'm going to get in trouble from someone by for saying that because my time is <laughs> crazy, yeah. but I would love to do it. So first of all, increase the curiosity. The way you handle curiosity is you help people feel safe. Okay. The second thing that's really important is to help apply it in a real world example. ChatGPT, Bard, uh, Claude, all of those tools today, if you don't actually tie it to a real world example, it's really hard to say, how is it going to amplify me as a human? But we are going to do a, we should do a Paul. Paul, we should do that. By the way, we're doing something at the Hewing Hotel in a few weeks. You should join. Um, but um, the, uh, we, we should do a working group. And I'm, we should start that, Jess. Let's, let's do that, our own Minneapolis AI forum. But anyway, um, it, it is tie it back to how it's going to help them, uh, Sharon. And then the third thing I would say is make sure that we will continue, that we will continue, that that this is not a one and done thing. That AI, just like spell check evolved, just like other things have evolved, that we have to keep evolving over time. And our curiosity is gonna continue to be peaked as this stuff continues to evolve. So those would be the three things, but lunch and learn, try, give someone an example, et cetera, et cetera, and you'll see that it makes a huge impact. Sam? Yeah, I, I really see people's eyes light up when when we talk about, it's more about solving like problems yeah. and more about the value proposition, you know, and then where does the technology like come into play? So, you know, it, it's, instead of it just being technology first, technology first, technology first, hey, we got to get curious, curious about technology. It's like, hey, let's get curious about like the problems you know, that we face and then look at unique approaches for solutions. Because where I really see people's eyes light up is when they see the specific use cases of like, oh my gosh, that would solve this problem that I face every day or every week. Um, and I think those light bulbs, like those sparks of in inspiration often come from like seeing how problems can be solved with technology. So like highlighting those things specifically. The last question. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to share. I think I've I've used this example before. Kroger used to be one of my biggest recruiting customers, and they're a massive recruiting customer. They the volume they handle is insane. They had a great practice, and it was called the Million Dollar Ideas. Employees were highly encouraged. They had a whole program and rewards built in for this. Any employee could submit any idea they thought could save the company a million dollars. You wouldn't believe how many ideas they got submitted right. from employees yeah. just saying, stop printing that form. That form doesn't need to be printed anymore. You like you would not start little things like that, encouraging everyday problem solving using tools like this. And I promise you'll get people going. The, the other thing, just really quickly, that I want to make sure that I, I get back to, because it's really important what Paul said. How do you make it so a hundred or a thousand users content will not sound the same? And Paul, what's really important to understand, and once again, Sam, I'll go in if you want to jump in. It, Paul, the 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 answer to your question is in the art of the prompt. Okay, and the creativity and the ingenuity that you put into the prompt. If I would have stopped with what I said, find me a video 
a video host without the wacky tobacco stuff or wacky weed, whatever I said, the, the response would have been completely different. But I actually did three iterations while Sam and Jess were talking to get it to where it was before I, so I could show it to you. I guarantee that if you actually do the exponential math, the three times three times three or three million times three million times three million is not going to actually create the same thing. So I've never been able to create the same thing over and over and over again, Paul. But it's something we can. Sam, do you want to jump in with anything there? Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right there, Jason. Like, um, you know, trying to stay away from super, super general terms. You know, I think like early on with ChatGPT, I remember one thing, like um, there was like a half a dozen different brands, like the same day on social media, almost had the exact same like posts and everyone was like, oh, that was probably like ChatGPT, you know, and, but they also probably used, you know, prompting that was, you know, hey, write me a social media post for 4th of July you know, something like that. And really the uniqueness where, where this comes into play, especially I feel for talent acquisition, HR, recruitment, marketing, is speak with the voice of your brand. Like you can train the models if you're using ChatGPT, like, hey, you know, leverage your brand, like your brand, your specific brand, your language, like what are things that make you unique and leverage that in every prompt um, because no one's, no brand is exactly like yours. I'm sure you have specific phrases that you use or a spe specific way that you, you know, your tone and things like that. To me, that's usually the, the factor that it's like, hey, let's always make sure we have a uniqueness of like the style of which we're writing. The other thing that's really, really important is that, you know, so Jess and I were having a conversation. It was okay. Then we added Sam. Sam brought his own viewpoint. Yeah. And it got, it got even better. And now we're going to add another brilliant voice to the conversation. Uh, and it's going to get even better. Jim Hollandcheck. How are you, Mr. Hollandcheck? Jason. You're getting very talented. At no, that was a little surprising, Jason. I didn't know you were going to bring me in at that point. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. And uh, it's, it's great to be here and joining the conversation. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm sorry I missed uh, much of the first half of this, but... Looking Clients? forward to jumping in. Yeah, we get it. Clients first. Thanks for joining us. I asked Jim to join the conversation today because we, <laughs> surprise, hi Jim. Yeah, you got lots of highs, Jim. Uh, because we've been doing a lot of educating, as Jason said earlier, around AI this week. Jim, Sam has been helping us understand recruiting use cases, leveraging generative AI. Um, but we're talking about how fast moving and what we can do to train models to, actually we haven't gotten into the next part yet. Not how can we make it better? How can we train models? There's lots of that, but also, also how can we avoid falling on our faces? <laughs> I guess we haven't gotten into that yet. Okay. But um, I think that, yeah. where, where do we want to start? Right. Jim, I mean, Jim, really quickly, you missed an amazing demo okay. um, of okay. Sam's tool, um, which is called Boost Point. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by the tool. Um, so, Jim, I, you know, what BoostPoint does is it helps you actually create a job post, a LinkedIn post, an SMS hiring campaign, a follow-up email. So, you know, I actually created a job post for a job that's going to replace mine as a video host, you know. And I think that mm -hmm. the tool 
does an amazing job of helping with that, you know, to the point where, you know, once again, I'm going to share my screen again. I just asked for a little bit different description. And if we read the description, you know, now you'll see what it says. It says, you know, are you a type of person who loves being the center of attention? Do you embrace your social awkwardness and wear it with a badge of honor? If so, we have the perfect position for you. As the host of our hilarious, unconventional video show, you'll have the opportunity to entertain people with your quirks and entertain the world. Uh, Jim, and by the way, you missed the part of the conversation where we're talking about um, marijuana, but we'll skip that part in the job description. <laughs> Uh, just I for, think I need a lot more context for that part. Just, yeah, just <laughs> the conversation. But Sam's got this amazing tool, and we were just using it as a way to demonstrate the, the powers of generative AI. Now, you and I talked about generative AI in this webinar this week, and you and I just recorded a podcast earlier today also, where we really talked about three things. We talked about teaching, we talked about technology, but then we talked about the impact on the world. And, you know, before you joined, we talked about amplification of people. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear a little of your thoughts on this as well, as someone who's been dealing with this workforce technology, you know, their whole career. Well, first, let me say, Sam, super cool thing. Um, so love, love saying that. Uh, yeah, and, and one of the things we talked about on the podcast uh, specifically was kind of this decomposition of work. If you If you look at what you... Kind of did with uh, Boost Point, you know, you 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 made you used what an AI can do very well. In some cases, you know, better than humans, you know, to decompose some of the tasks that need to be done and and, and get help, which frees a recruiter up for more uh, time to spend, like talking to candidates yes. or learning more about um, you know people internally in the organization that could help you know, fill work opportunities that you have. And, you know, to your point, Jason, that's not about replacement. It's oftentimes really about augmenting. Like this is your kind of digital coworker that can help you get your tasks done better. And it's really figuring out how do you leverage that, you know, di digital coworker to, to help you be more successful. I love that digital coworker. When we think about tools, Jim, like where do you see examples of tools? Like we showed one, and we could actually play it if we wanted to, we could play the video, uh, but like we, we showed one where, you know, someone could create training content that, or a marketing video that used to take a marketing department or a, you know, social media department 10 hours, you can create it in 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that that's a, that's a great example. Um, you know, and it's, one of the things I like about the example too is that it's kind of like low risk, low stakes to to try and learn and get better in terms of leveraging yeah. the technology. Like you, you don't want to put your proprietary company information in that kind of tool, but for more general types of skills or other types of training that's not specific to your organization necessarily, like it, it's a great productivity boost, right? And it frees up somebody who's doing learn, learning content development to do more things that are focused on some of those internal use cases. Or at the point they get like at their own internal LLM, then you know they'll they'll be able to expand how they use um, those tools against those tools against uh, potentially their own internal data. So there's you know I think a lot of folks are trying to figure out how do I get started with this. 
and, and, and have it have a positive impact on how people are working. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I'll play the video real quick. And I would love for you guys to try this, if nothing else. I mean, try Boost Point for sure, but try this. So I wanted to what show that video. Yeah. That that video, Jess, I don't know if you've seen that video. So I I can definitely we can definitely post a link to that video. So that video I created for the webinar Jim and I did on Tuesday of this week, and it took me less than 10 minutes. All through generative AI. So I went into Chat GPT. I said, write me a script for a video that does this, this, and this. Chat GPT wrote me the script. I tuned it a bit. The text felt like it moved a little too fast. I could show you, Jessica, that I could change that in literally a second. Literally, it would take me a second to change that. Uh, I then yeah. took the script that Chat GPT created for me, pasted it into a tool called Pictory. Pictory did all the imagery, chose the music, and I hit save. That would take a marketing department or a recruiting department or a sales department, $50,000 and a month. Hours, yeah, a long time to create. I, I think one thing that's interesting about it, Jason, I was actually talking to a client earlier today who was on the webinar um, and she actually went and tried it after the webinar um, just to see how it worked for her. And, and one of the interesting things she shared was that she actually had trouble getting it to work exactly the way she wanted to because I don't think she was doing necessarily her prompts appropriately to get kind of the right um, length of text to use in the videos. And so, you know, we talk a lot about learning to be prompt engineers and yeah, that to me was just a, a great example. Like there's all this power, but we also have to make sure people are trained and know how to use that power uh, to get the outcomes we're looking for. Sam, I don't remember how little your little people are. How old are your kids? I've got a two and a half and then our oldest is uh, 10 and That's we've got right. two in between there. Two so girls in between. To tell your, if you were to start, molding your two and a half year old. <laughs> what are the skills? Jim just gave us one of them, prompt engineering. What, how does this change the skills game? Um, let's look 10 and 20 years out if it's even possible to predict what skills will be more valuable than ever as this stuff continues to evolve. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is a really good question. Cause like in my space, you know, the way like marketing education, you know, has evolved so rapidly over the past five, 10 years, like my, um, my, our, our, our marketing director, he, he was like, he, he, when he was in college, like to be a specialist in social media was a joke. Right. Like, and so it just, the, the, you know, that's just another way that I feel like AI is again, going to like data scientists, like I don't think that job is necessarily going to go away, but the way it's applied is going to be completely different. You know, engineering, it's going to be completely different. Um, I think for, you know, if I'm, if I'm like, you know, trying to steer my kids in the right direction, I always look at like macro, like business problems, you know, instead of just the, Oh, what's the maybe thing I want to do. Um, and I mean, it's kind of like mirroring those together. Um, but to me, it's like, all right, well, what are still some of the big gaps in like business problems 
you know, and then what are things that I can maybe learn to solve those problems. Jim, but yeah, like going after like a specific, you know, hey, I, I want to be a software engineer with this specific skill set. You know, those things could change in 12 months, like where that specific skill set isn't as relevant as it was before. One of the things I think that's really important, and I just put a link to something I wrote earlier today on this topic. Um, it comes from a McKinsey piece that put, was put out yesterday, um, which basically said that there will be 12 million career shifts and 30% of work hours automated by 2030. Wow. Now, once again, McKinsey big study, et cetera, et cetera. But when you think about that, think about the career shifts and think about what do we need to do now? And in this LinkedIn post, I actually wrote a few things there about things that you can do to start to get people educated. There's one other great uh, piece that I'll put in the chat in a second um, that, that really gets us thinking about this concept of what are we teaching our kids today? Uh, Mark Andreessen, who some of you know and have followed in the in the tech space, uh, has a piece yet uh, once again yesterday. Sorry, I'm really up. <laughs> this is all I'll, I spend all my time doing this now. Um, talks about the most important thing he can teach his eight year old. Actually, the headline of this says he's teaching his eight year old ChatGPT. This is the most important thing I've done as a father, which scares wow. a little bit. <laughs> Headlines point. Uh, to be honest with you, but just reading it makes you realize that the skill set, just back to what you're saying, is something that all kids and all people entering the workforce will leverage now that we're we're doing these things. Uh, Paul just said, I firmly believe this. AI won't replace me. True. A talent advisor using AI might replace three of me. It, and I'm not, I don't think it's going to replace you, Paul. So, Paul, we use this time this term called hands, heads, and hearts, okay? It's gonna replace your hands work. It's not gonna replace your heart's work, okay? And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, Scott Galloway, another great uh, speaker on this topic says this a lot. AI is not gonna replace you. The person that knows how to use AI is gonna replace you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really, really important thing to uh, to keep in mind back to what you just said. Mm, that's a great tagline, Paul. Evolve or repeat? Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. The, one of the, I remember like 10 years ago, this was when I was just starting my marketing career. And I think I had, I think my advantage was actually like I didn't have a whole lot of context like in the space previously like i didn't come from like a traditional marketing or advertising background but i was in this position where it was like i was handed a lot of responsibility with marketing and it was just like hey what's the tool that can like solve my problem the easiest and like the cheapest and it was just kind of that simplistic view that like i so we like invested a ton in like early days of facebook advertising mm -hmm. because it was like hey it was new a lot of B2B companies weren't doing it because like it wasn't the thing in the past, but it was just like, hey, a fresh look at what can I invest in that, you know, I can invest the least amount of time for the least amount of money and get the most ROI. 
Um, and to me, that mindset, I think, goes a long way, even in adopting tools like AI. It's like, hey, those that are willing to like embrace it and think about it like, hey, here's a tool that can make me three, five, ten times more efficient. You know, why wouldn't I adopt it? You know, and th there's a lot of like just fear around it. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, but being able to embrace it can really help in the early stages of it. Like we'll go a long way. Yeah, you know what, Mark, your your comment was cynical, and I don't know if you could tell what it did to me. Uh, <laughs> if you could tell it raised every hair in my body. Um, uh, Jim, do you want to respond to it before I do at all or not? No, I want to hear how you're going to respond to it. Okay, so the Mark's comment said, and I, I think this is really important. Can we, can we train investors and executives to value the heart more than the hands, though? tough to tag KPIs on the heart. And, and I'm just going to respond, Mark, is that if you're doing heart's work, it drives KPIs that those investors care about. If you're doing the heart's work and it's the right heart's work, it drives those KPIs. Our measure, our measure of success over the next five years is to not is to think about the the reimagination that the HR function is going to do and put a human rate of return on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I firmly believe, Paul, that no one, or excuse me, Mark, sorry, that no one knows the potential of the heart's work we can do because we're so busy doing transactions and hands work. When they actually yes. see the heart's work we can do and we can prove it and measure it, I truly believe they'll see that the heart's work pays off more than the hands work. Yeah. Like an example there, Jason, is like if say I can replace half of my day with not writing job descriptions and I could replace those same hours with Zoom calls or phone calls with our actual employees to see what they really want in a job and then how I can act on that type of information. I think like that's to me was just an example that popped in my head is like, this, these things can help us have more meaningful conversations with the people that we relate to. And those are the things that we can make better strategic decisions on, you know, versus spending hours at our desk just doing, you know, repeatable work. Okay. Mr. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sam, brilliant tool. Thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Been a pleasure. Love having you and love the work you're doing. We're going to keep up on, I'm going to write about it. Uh, it's great, great stuff. Um, Mr. Hollandcheck in Chicago, stay cool. Right? Isn't it about 100 there today, someone said? It's warm there? I don't know. It was raining this morning. And the weather's just been crazy here the last few days. Like hot, rainy, then back to hot. I don't get it. Jess, I hope you enjoy the rest of your New York trip. Thank you. They I'm going to go cooling station. Oh, <laughs> As she's sitting in, <laughs> in the air conditioning with no sleeves on, she's going to look for a cooling station. Yeah. Uh, and, and to the community, thank you guys for being here. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. To our producer, JC Grider, thanks for everything you do. Yeah. Love everyone and uh, have a great rest of the day. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Bye -bye. See everybody. Bye -bye.